Yeah, it's that Harlem night, eh? Gonna turn it up, please. I'm Harlem nights. Gonna turn it up, please. I done fell in love with Party at the bodega. What up, everybody? This is your man, Benz Pharrell. We're thinking out loud. How's everybody doing today? I hope everybody's doing fabulous, fantastic, fine. Notice that every word that I just said start with the letter F. Anyway, um, let's get into it. Salute, salam. That's that Harlem thing. I won't forget that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm very uh, a spiritual person, per se. All right, it's a Houston stabbing. It's a woman that goes by the name of Shata Raka Purvis. She pleads guilty to murder, and she was sentenced. A Houston woman was sentenced to 22 years in prison after pleading guilty to the murder of her boyfriend in a hotel back in 2018. Shata Raka Denise Purvis, 50 years old, was charged in the deadly stabbing of 34-year-old Melvin Maxwell at a hotel in the 6200 block of Richmond Avenue on January 4, 2018. Domestic violence can take many different forms, and this was a violent murder, Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg stated. We mourned for the victim and his family. This murder did not have to happen at all. According to the district attorney's office, Ms. Purvis had been staying in Maxwell's hotel room for several days before she stabbed him with a steak knife and left the hotel room in the middle of the night. She later told two friends that she had killed someone but didn't give them any details, the district attorney's office stated. Maxwell's body was found until January 20th, prompting a police investigation. The district attorney's office says crime scene investigators found Maxwell's empty wallet, which had been rifled through on the blood, blooded, soaked sheets, bed sheets. Purvis was charged in the case in June 2021. Officials say she, she chose to plead guilty on Friday just before jury selection was set to begin in her murder trial. Assistant District Attorney Kelly Marshall with the District Attorney's Domestic Violence Division prosecuted the case. This was a callous murder, and afterwards she fled and she lied, Marshall stated. Just, justice finally caught up with her after five years when she was confronted with the fact that a Harris County jury was going to hold her accountable for what she did. The district attorney's office says Purvis, Ms. Purvis cannot appeal the conviction or the sentence, and she has to serve at least half of her sentence before she is eligible for parole. All right? Uh, it didn't tell me. It just told me she got sentenced for a murder by killing this dude, stabbing him with a steak knife. But I want to know why she did what she did. She didn't even... I don't know, it's crazy. But hey, you see that right there? I'm trying to let you people know. I'm trying to let you know to be aware of what you're doing. And then I'm looking at the woman's picture. She is not uh, something to look at. You know what I'm saying? It's better for me to do this podcast on visual. I'm probably going to do it anyway. But. 
I don't want to make fun of her or anything like that because that's not too cool. But, bro, hell nah. This my thing, though. This is the Maxwell. He's a young dude. All right. It's Maxwell is a young dude. She's 50 years old, and Max Melvin Maxwell is 34 years old. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how Melvin looked like, but like I said, the shot to rocker Denise Purvis, she's not all that. You know, she's she's 50 years old, right? I don't know why would she stab the dude, and then I'm trying to think, because it, didn't, it don't explain any motives, what happened, anything like that. It just say that, you know, she was messing with this guy, and she came to stay with him in his hotel room, and then she just stabbed him in the middle of the night and ran off and stuff. And then she told her two friends that she killed somebody, but didn't give them any details and anything. So, you know. So I don't have any information on why she did it, what was the motive, what led to the stabbing, did they get into her argument. It looks like she didn't say much of anything and stuff, and then she got convicted. So, you know, this is very upsetting. It's scary at the same time because, you know, I know love is a good thing. Everybody want to hold somebody. You know, hug up with somebody in the bed and chill and have pillow talks and conversations. And, 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 and you know, conversations leads to, you know, uh, uh, profound, uh, uh, how you say, you know, epiphany. Well, uh, uh, an individual is about to have an epiphany because that individual had a conversation with the person that they are dating. You see what I'm saying? So, just this situation right here caught my eye too quick. And then, anyway, we're going to keep it moving with some more news. And I feel like there's something in the air in Houston, Texas, because it was a little bit difficult for me to go to sleep. Hard for me to breathe. I don't know if somebody out there can relate to what I'm talking about. But the air is kind of messing with me. I had to put a mask on and everything. But anyway, we're going to keep it moving. Let me see what else is on. All right. Another Houston news. A Houston man accused of shooting an ex-wife's husband on Batesville. Houston police say a man was shot by his wife, ex-husband, during a confrontation over sexual abuse allegations. All right. Let me say that again. Houston police say a man was shot by his ex, by his wife, ex-husband, during a confrontation over sexual abuse allegations. The shooting was reported around 8.30 p.m. on Friday in the 7700 block of Bateswood. According to police, a child had accused the woman's husband of sexual abuse. And when the woman's ex-husband found out, he came over to talk to her about it. As the woman and the ex-husband were discussing it, police say that the husband stepped in and started denying the allegation. Police say things got heated, heated between the two men. Things got heated. And the ex-husband shot the other man. The wounded man was taken to the hospital. Police say that the ex-husband remained at the scene and was cooperating with the investigation. Police say both the shooting and the sexual abuse allegations are under investigation, right? 
Houston, boom. I want to go to another city and let me see what the hell is going on. But those are serious allegations. And the man stayed at the scene and waited for the police. So, I don't know. The, they said, I don't know. They got to investigate to see what's really going on about the sexual abuse. All right? So, I guess the ex-husband is the uh, the father, right? The biological father. That's what it sounds like. But we will get more updates to it once they give it to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, nowadays they holding back court documents because everybody want to be a podcaster now. Everybody want to be on the YouTube talking about gossiping tea and spill the tea. And everybody just want to be because now it's a big market and people are getting a little bit of money off of it. So everybody's trying to do it and stuff like that. Ain't this a bitch? Oh, my God. People make me sick. You see what I'm saying? But one thing I know, nobody can't take this away from me because I know what I'm doing and I like what I'm doing. I actually have love for what I'm doing and stuff like that. But I don't understand why everybody's trying to do podcasts. Everybody needs to shut the fuck up and find your way in life, nigga. Don't try to be like Ben's Pharrell with thinking out loud, bitch. Just listen to what I'm trying to tell you, nigga. You see what I'm saying? And make sure that you start your day off with a prayer. And I guarantee you, life will be beautiful. I promise you, nigga. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Anyway, we got to keep it moving. But I want to go to another city because I'm tired of reporting on Houston, Texas. Because it's making me... A little bit edgy right now and shit like that. Motherfucker got stabbed in the hotel room. Sexual allegations with somebody's touching somebody's kid. You know what I'm saying? They got more shit on here too. You know, I don't even feel like talking about nothing no more. Let me see. What else? There's a whole bunch of shit. Okay. It's a person driving the wrong way. Uh... Nah, too many stuff. I'm, I'm I'm going to another city, man. Fuck that shit. And plus, um, what is this? FAA temporarily grounds the Boeing 737-9 planes after a window blows out in mid-flight. The FAA has ordered the immediate grounding of Boeing 737-9 MAX jetliners a day after a window in a piece of fuselage blew out of an Alaska airline plane mid-flight and forced an emergency landing in Portland, Oregon. The Federal Aviation Administration made the announcement on social media on Saturday. Today, it's unclear how many planes and commercial airlines will be impacted. Dramatic photos first shared by news sources in Oregon showed a window and a large piece of fuse fuselage missing after the emergency landing. The Boeing 737-9 plane took off from Portland Friday afternoon with 174 passengers and six crew members on board and climbed to 6,000 feet before turning around. Flight data showed a passenger on the plane told news sources he heard a really loud bang just as the plane reached cruising altitude prompting the oxygen mass to drop. All right. Another passenger said the kid's shirt was sucked off his back and out of the plane. And another 
and other people on the plane had their phones and belongings fly out when the window blew. One of the pilots declared an emergency and asked for clearance to descend to 10,000 feet, three kilometers, the altitude where the air would have enough oxygen to breathe safely. We need to turn back to Portland, the pilot told controllers in a calm voice that she maintained throughout the landing process. Videos posted by passengers online showed a gaping hole where the window had been and passengers wearing their masks. They applauded when the plane landed safely about 13 minutes after the window blew out. Firefighters then came down the aisle asking passengers to remain in their seats as they treated the injured. Miraculously, no one was seriously hurt. The Port of Portland told news sources that the fire department responded and treated minor injuries at the scene. One person was taken for more treatment but wasn't seriously hurt. Alaska Airlines CEO Ben Minicucci or Ben Minisucci or one of what, what how can I say his name? Ben Minitusi announced Friday night that Alaska was grounding its 737-9 fleet until they could all be inspected. The 65 jets make up a fifth of the company's 314 planes. It wasn't immediately known Saturday how that would affect the company's flight schedule. We are working with Boeing and regulators to understand what occurred and we'll share updates as more information is available. Mr. Mini Coochie said, my heart goes out to those who were on this flight and I am sorry for what you experienced. The plane involved rolled off the assembly line and received its certification just two months ago, according to the online FAA records. The plane had been on 145, 145 flights since entering commercial service on November 11th, said Flight Radar 24, a website, another tracking service. The flight from Portland was the aircraft's third of the day. The MAX is the newest version of Boeing's venerable 737. I don't even know what they was trying to say in this article. I don't know. But I'm going to just say the Boeing is the newest version of the Boeing 737, a twin-engine, single-aisle plane frequently used on U.S. domestic flights. The plane went into service in May 2017. The union representing flight attendants at 19 airlines, including Alaska Airlines, commended the crew for keeping passengers safe. All right? Flights attendants are trained for emergencies, and we work every flight for aviation safety first and foremost, the Association of Flight Attendants said in a statement Saturday. Max deliveries have been interrupted at times to fix manufacturing flaws. The company told airlines in December to inspect the plans for a possible loose boat in the rudder control system. Boeing said it was aware of the incident working to gather more information and ready to support the investigation. Boom, 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 boom. All right. I posted it on my timeline last night on TikTok, you know. So, anyway, what else we got? You know what I'm saying? I'm a hardworking man. I'm trying to hook y'all up with some more news. Woman, this woman was missing for nearly a decade, found stuffed in a California freezer. The San Diego Police Department has announced that a woman's body was found stuffed in the freezer last month, and she may have been missing or dead for up to nine years. The body of Mary Margaret Haxby Jones, 
who police say would have been 81 at the time of her discovery, was found by out-of-town family members who were visiting the house on the 4900 block of Zion Avenue, situated about 10 miles northeast of downtown San Diego, California. The family members came across the startling discovery in a chest freezer and notified police on December 22nd at around 11.45 in the morning. The San Diego police said in a statement Thursday, based on the unusual location of the senior's body, the San Diego police homicide was called to investigate. Police said Ms. Haxby Jones, described as a white female, had lived at the residence. The cause of death has not been determined and remains under investigation by the medical examiner's office. No obvious traumatic injury to the body was noted, and the case remains under investigation as a suspicious death, police stated. Detectives believe it is, a possible, it is possible that Mrs. Haxby Jones may have been missing or dead for up to nine years. Based on the investigation to that point, detectives are interested in speaking with anyone who may have known her or have relevant information about her. It is unclear who currently lives at the residence on Zion Avenue where the body was discovered. Peter Carrillo, a former homicide detective, told news sources that the investigators would likely be examining Haxby's Jones financial records. All right, you can learn something from this, people. It's a misappropriation of a dead body. You have a duty to call the authorities if someone has passed so they can be processed in a normal fashion, Mr. Carrillo stated. All that process has been avoided for a particular reason, and one could only think that it was to perhaps benefit financially off of not reporting her death. There you go. How to put that out there so you people could understand what the hell be going on around your community, especially in your family, all right? You know what I'm saying? How to put that out there. These things happen every day, all right? So this is like a learning experience, you know? Uh, my condolences to the family and friends and uh, to Haxby Jones, the lady that was found in the freezer. You know, that was very unfortunate. Nobody don't want to hear no stories. She's somebody's grandmother, somebody's sister, somebody's mama, somebody's daughter. All right? So, should I keep it moving with some more debauchery news? I don't know if I should do that, though. Because I want to watch my football games. You know what I'm saying? I want to see what's going to happen with Baltimore and goddamn Kenneth, uh, Kenny Pickett, the doggone Steelers. No, he's not even playing. I think the other um, quarterback is playing for goddamn Steelers and shit. I do got to watch this shit because the shit is funny. All right? And then last night, Kevin Hart was cracking jokes on Cat Williams when um, the game was on, the basketball game went on. Not Memphis and Lakers. Who was playing? The New York Knicks and the Knicks and who else was playing? I forgot who they were playing. It was New York and somebody. I can't remember the other team. Goddamn, I don't even remember. Uh, they blew. They blew somebody out. I just don't remember the team. Was it Boston? No, I don't remember. Fuck that. I'm not finna rattle my brain. But everybody who watches sports know what the hell that I'm talking about, all right? 
And then on top of it, I'm about to cut this segment short and sweet. All right. I'm sorry. I'm probably just going to have to give you 20 minutes or I might uh, try to give you another one and shit. I'm trying to think and stuff. At the same time, I want to watch this goddamn game. The Steelers has scored a 7-0. They got two minutes and 30 seconds left on the first quarter. You see what I'm saying? I want to see the game. And it's raining. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm watching the game right now so because I'm like, okay, it's 7-0, but I'm trying to see what's up. Because it's raining. And then, like, I got to pay attention to the game and shit like that and stuff like that. But I'm I'm trying to figure out, should I put uh, drop another news and stuff like that? Should I drop another one and stuff like that? I'm trying to make Tesla and Figaro happy. You see what I'm saying? But fuck that shit. I'm trying to watch the goddamn game. That's what I'm saying and shit. Straight up. My bad. It's uh, Tuesday. Uh, July 9th, I mean January 9th, 2024. I was been supposed to put this episode out a long time ago. You probably won't know that I made a mistake if you listen to the whole episode, but it's Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, and I was supposed to put this episode out a long time ago because I told you I got a lot of things going on and stuff. It's like four or five jobs at one time. You see what I'm saying? So, you can't get, people could get upset, but it doesn't matter because I'm giving you what you need. Uh, I'm going to put this one out right now after this story right here. New York City high school students forced into remote learning as 2,000 migrants sheltered in school. Instead, the move sparked anger from parents and local politicians surrounding the area, the region. Nearly 2,000 migrants being sheltered in a tent shelter in New York City are being transferred to a nearby high school where the students will have to pivot to remote learning due to the disruption it is causing, sparking outrage from residents and local politicians. New York City Mayor Eric Adams' office said it is moving 1,900 migrants from the tent shelter at Floyd Bennett Field for safety reasons due to the incoming storms and potential high winds, according to the New York Daily News news sources. Adam told reporters, the mayor told the reporters that it was being done out of an overabundance of caution. We want to make sure people are safe, he stated, but it is controversially moving them to James Madison High School, which confirmed it was being used as a temporary overnight respite center and would be closed as a result on Wednesday with students being forced to pivot to remote learning as a result. All right, this is what's going on right now. In a statement, Republican Councilwoman Inna Vernikov called the move unacceptable, arguing that Floyd Bennettfield is not a sustainable housing facility. Our public schools are meant to be places of learning and growth for our children and were never intended to be shelters or facilities for emergency housing, she said. New York City Comptroller Brad Lander, a Democrat, said that placing migrants at the Floyd Bennett Field highlights the mismanagement and waste of money that is all too present in City's Hall's approach to shelter and services for asylum seekers. 
The New York Post reported how the move has infuriated these parents of the students at the school, with one woman screaming at the buses when they were arri arriving. How does it feel that you kicked all the kids out of the school tomorrow? All right? This has been an issue for a very long time. Mayor Eric Adams' office told the news sources that the move is a proactive measure to ensure the safety of individuals both living and working at the migrant facility and will continue until any weather conditions that may have arise have stabilized and the facility once again for living. It's basically, um, they're trying to say that this is for the weather conditions. That's why they made that move. Uh, there is bad weather in the East Coast, in the Northeast, um, the Northeast, uh, in the Atlantic region. All right, so Adams' office has said that over 160,000 migrants have surged into the sanctuary city since the middle of 2022, some of whom have been bused indirectly by Texas. Officials have said that the city is overwhelmed and Adams warning the crisis could destroy the city. He, along with other Democratic city mayors, has called on federal government to do more by providing more funding, quicker work permit processing, and helping with resettlement. Meanwhile, his city slashed budgets last year for education, policing, and other sectors as well. He has also put restrictions in place on when and where migrant buses can drop off their passengers and has called for other mayors in the region to do the same. Separately, his administration has launched a lawsuit seeking $700 million from the transportation companies involved in dropping off the migrants. However, Texas has stood by its busing strategy, saying it is needed to relieve overwhelmed border towns, which are seeing more migrants more migrants than the cities like New York City. Way more migrants. That's what Texas, um, uh, the office, or the people that's representing the office of Governor Greg Abbott. Until President Biden reverse course on his open border policies, Texas will continue transporting migrants to these sanctuary cities, he stated. We will not back down on our efforts to secure the border. Meanwhile, news sources reported this week that the Department of Homeland Security um, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told Border Patrol agents this week that above 85% of migrants currently being encountered are being released into the U.S. interior. All right? Had to put that out there. And my bad for not putting this episode out. I didn't even know I had one in the chamber. My bad. Sorry. All right? So, we're going to end this segment right here. Like I said, I had so much to do, I forgot. And plus, I be dealing... Man, come on, man. I don't, I don't even need to explain this, man. I'm one man. I'm like a one-man band, all right? 
I'm the producer, executive producer. I'm the guy with the technology. I'm the guy who put this thing together, orchestrated, put it out, send it, upload it, get the software programs done. I'm the guy, dude. I'm doing everything all at once, all right? I'm going to get help anyway. It's inevitable because I have friends that are trying to participate into what I'm doing, but guess what? I'm the guy that's teaching them. They don't know too much, but they learning. And plus, I got to get them, you know, I have to teach them a whole bunch of other stuff, not just media. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm putting game on them so they could, you know, be um, empowered on their own. You see what I'm saying? That's what you're supposed to do. You see what I'm saying? You got to empower people with education and stuff like that finances and things like that of that sort. So I'm saying this is just the beginning, all right? I'm going to be out there telling you guys what the hell is going on in your community and all around the world. That's what I'm here for. You see what I'm saying? Instead of picking the microphone and um, slanging rhymes, I'm going to pick up the microphone and tell you what's going down. Like, for example, John Moran, you know, uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the season because he had a shoulder injury while he was in practice, and now he's going to get like some type of surgery so he's going to be out for the rest of the season see what i'm saying just boom told you some news you see what i'm saying hit you off with it all day every day that's what we do all right like for another example i could talk about governor ron DeSantis. i think he is absurd i don't even know how a person like him got into politics or even became a governor who has power and shit like that that shows America ugly side. See what I'm saying? Jumped into the politics. I could talk about some other stuff like, uh, uh, what's the dude's name? You see how fast I'm doing it? What's the old boy that jumped on that Las Vegas judge and he lost his mind? He looks like he needs to be in the mental institution and stuff like that. Me, that's what I believe because I was watching the video like a hundred times, you know what I'm saying, to see what compelled this brother to jump over the bench and try to get on the judge and stuff like that. And I believe the judge, the same judge that sentenced him, she was not supposed to sentence him. I think she was supposed to recuse herself and another judge was supposed to um, handle that case. That's what I believe was supposed to happen. So uh, I think he got sentenced for two years or something like that. Oh, no, four years. I think he got sentenced for four years. But the fact remains that judge was supposed to recuse herself after the incident. That is my take on that. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to end this segment right here. I'm going to hit you off with another one. I was supposed to hit you off with a whole other segment. But this segment right here is kind of old and new at the same time because I was supposed to been put it out. You already know what to do. Just follow me on Instagram, and you can follow me on TikTok, where I'm most active on. All you got to do is type in Box Benji in the search engine. That is B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I, all right? B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I. That's B as in Bob, Box Benji. That's all you got to type in the search engine. You can follow me on Rumble. You can follow me on YouTube. I am active everywhere now, all right? I'm going to hit y'all off. This is your man, Benz Pharrell. This is your man, Benz Pharrell, with Thinking Out Loud. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. Boom.
It's the Harlem Nights. Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem Nights. Gonna turn it up, please. I done fell in love with. At the bodega, I'm rolling dice for the paper. Wake up, it's never time to be sleeping. Round here, time to shake up. I got it out the mud with a bunch of sweat and tears. Terminator, getting all these fake bastards out of here. Let the missiles go Lancho, head macho, camacho. Top dog, one executive, owner of the club, president. Property after property, even got something for the relatives. Learned it from the Harlem lights, popping with his on the motorbike. Gonna turn it up, please. I'm hard and nice. Gonna turn it up, please. I don't feel no way.